Well, welcome to the Imperfect and Normal Families Only podcast. I'm your host, Barrett Johnson. And if you're like our family, we're trying to figure out what is going on in our world. If there's ever a time for families to be imperfect and normal, then this is the time. We're all struggling. We're all trying to figure out what our new normal is like in the midst of a coronavirus pandemic. As school has transitioned into summertime and our summer looks different, we're about to go bonkers. Here in Georgia, the rules are all over the map. We don't know if we're supposed to go out or not supposed to go out. And it was okay to go out today, but not yesterday. And it's just crazy. But hopefully you're maintaining some sanity. We ran into some friends the other day at uh, Target, and uh, we wanted to chit-chat and talk and share, but we're like, how close do we get? And are you wearing masks? And what are your guidelines? And, you know, you look at Facebook and you see that some folks are scared to death of this thing, and some folks think it's, you know, ridiculous and all made up. No matter where you are, you're welcome here. I did find a, a great little public service announcement. It was actually a humorous thing put on by a actually a country singer named Adley Stump, but she did a funny video uh, giving clarification to uh, what some of the guidelines are in our world regarding COVID-19 and how to stay safe. Uh, I'll play a clip for you here for just because it's kind of hilarious. Yeah, I really don't understand why everybody isn't following the same rules right now. They're very clear. So let's take a minute and let's go over them again. First, you must not leave the house for any reason, unless of course you have a reason and then you may leave the house. All stores are closed except those that are open and all stores must close unless of course they need to stay open. This virus is deadly, but don't be afraid of it. It can only kill people who are vulnerable and also those who are not vulnerable. We should stay locked down until the virus stops infecting people. And it will only stop infecting people if enough of us get infected that we build immunity. So it is very important that we get infected and also do not get infected. You should not go to the doctor's office or the hospital unless you have to go there. Unless, of course, you are too sick to go there. The thing goes on for another three or four minutes, and it's just hilarious. I know it's not something to laugh about always, but if we don't laugh, we'll cry. And so we need some levity in these days to uh, break things up a bit. And given the fact that all of our different uh, government leaders from federal to state to local are giving us information that's sometimes contradictory, what she has to say there is pretty hilarious. Bottom line, stay safe as a family. Today, our main conversation we will cover in just a moment is a talk we have, interview we have with Dr. Scott Taransky of the National Center for Biblical Parenting. We have a great talk with him about some lies that our teenagers believe and some things that parents can do to help direct them into embracing the truth. Great conversation. One of the smartest family experts that I know. And so you'll love to listen on that in just a few minutes. But first, we always like to cover some things that are in the news. So before we get into our main featured conversation, what's going on in the news? Today, as I record this, it's June 1st, 2020, and our local news cycle, national news cycle, has replaced a lot of pandemic content with uh, a lot of reports about protests and rioting related to the death of George Floyd. It's kind of become the, the, the big thing on the news. And as you're listening to this, it may not be as current as it was today, but it's definitely uh, dominating our public conversation right now, and it should You'd think since what happened to Rodney King 30 years ago and the riots that happened there and the the uh, response to so much violence against people of color, you'd think we would have gotten uh, made some made some ground and gotten better in our culture and our world and our lives and our hearts would have changed by now. But we can see what's happening right now, the danger and frustration and just anger about what's going on in our world still spills over in violent ways. 
in, in ways that probably those of us who have never suffered because of our race can never fully understand. So uh, we, we try to be avoid being political on this platform. And so we're not going to make a political stand necessarily, but these issues go way beyond politics. And so what I would just encourage, based on what's happening in the news right now, I would encourage families to spend uh, less time probably than you are watching the news and the dumpster fire literally that's happening on our TVs and shift that away from debates on Facebook and watching news pundits give their perspectives on the whole thing and just spend more time asking God uh, what the psalmist asked God in Psalm 139, 23, and 24. Here's what the, the psalm says there. The, the writer says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. I think that prayer to say, God, just search my heart is a great place to start because everyone wants to respond, particularly white America, saying, hey, I'm not racist. And and generally that may be true, but the reality is we're not fully aware of what goes on in our own hearts. And many times our own prejudices and our own tendencies and patterns and ways of thinking, we're just not in touch with ourselves enough to know what's really going on in the deepest parts of our hearts. So to, to make it our prayer to say, God, search my heart and just show me where my heart is off. Where, where are the ways that my uh, thinking about race or my actions about race my tendency to prejudge is offensive to you, God, because I, I bet somewhere in all of us, there's, there's things that are offensive to God, things that we can adjust, those things that are so deep-seated in our hearts and minds that we're not even known to ourselves. So search your heart and, and know that, that there's a God who died for all mankind, who wants to redeem all the brokenness in our world, and that includes the brokenness related to race and the the tendency towards racism in all of our hearts. So in addition to searching your heart, I pray that and ask that you would talk with your kids about what's in our world. Your teenagers can process for sure, but even your children watching the news and seeing the anger and frustration, don't spin it in just people are doing bad things and, you know, robbing convenience stores because they're looting. Sure, that's going on, but that's not the real picture of what's happening. What's happening in our world is a frustrated country related to some clear injustices in our world. So talk about injustice, talk about the marginalized, how we have to love them and stand up for them. Uh, talk about your own tendencies to, to be sinful or what's been in your past or in your family. And most importantly, talk about how the things that are going on are not reflective of the heart of Jesus, his love for every man, his, his redemption of every man. Talk about that with your kids and how we need to show love to the people around us, no matter who they are. Above all else, I would just ask that we keep on praying, come Jesus, Lord, come quickly. We need you to rescue our world and rescue our land and rescue our lives. Make that your prayer in the coming days. Well, we've got a great conversation that I want you listening on, and that's why you probably tuned in with the title of this podcast, is about talking with your teenagers about some of the lies that they believe. First, a little background. I, I met Dr. Scott Taransky a decade and a half ago, probably, at a conference, and we sat and chatted, and we, we talked about that conversation in just a few minutes, but we've used him for events at our churches in, in years past and pushed people towards their website for resources. But Scott's the director of the National Center for Biblical Parenting, and he is a wealth of knowledge and insight. He's the smartest guy I know in the world of family ministry stuff, and his website, again, and, and his ministry is full of just tons of resources, whether your kids are preschoolers, children, or teenagers, for ways to parent in a way that aligns with God's design for how we raise our kids and disciple them to be followers of Jesus. So this conversation took place at a conference we were at uh, earlier this year. 
and we are talking in a hallway. So the quality, I confess, is not the best conversation. We're not in a studio in a controlled environment. We're in a, a hallway outside of a conference, just having a meaningful conversation for a few minutes. But the content's great, even if the audio is not fantastic. So listen in on today's feature presentation, my conversation with Dr. Scott Taransky. Scott, thanks for taking a minute to chit-chat with me here. Uh, haven't seen you in, what, two, three years. It's been a while. It's been a while. But you're up in Jersey, and I'm down in the south, and so we have the same heartbeat of stuff, but different planets almost. We do. Serving the Lord, and especially in this area of family ministry, I just appreciate what you do. So no problem at all. Glad to talk with you. Hey, uh, let's talk a minute. Just to get, you're, you're wise, you're smart, you're one of the guys I look to as uh, the lead at the National Center for Biblical Parenting. You guys have a wealth of resources. Um, let's talk for a minute for the average parent out there who is trying to disciple and lead their kids. Let's talk maybe with teenagers. Focus on that for a minute. Uh, are there uh, beliefs that the average teenager has, even a Christian teenager in a good Christian home involved in a good church, that might tend to believe certain lies or certain uh, wrong beliefs about who they are, their identity, that we've got as parents to keep on combating? Anything come to mind along those lines? Well, first of all, I think parents need to understand that adolescence now is goes from a, about age 10 to 25 started and, started earlier and goes later yeah it's, yeah. it's uh, not just teenagers this is a period of time when uh children are moving from childhood to adulthood so yeah i think there's some lies that children believe i think one of the big lies that kids believe is that my goal in life now is to have fun okay um, and so you hear them talking about it. I just want to have fun because they believe that uh, childhood is for play and adulthood is for work. And that's been extended to 25-year-olds out there still wanting to play oh, and not settle down definitely. and grow up and be mature. And- See, but there's this piece in the middle called adolescence, yeah. and that's all about preparing. Yeah. They are on a mission in order to build the skills necessary for adulthood, whether they're Christians or not, yeah. that's the purpose of adolescence, is to build these skills. But Christians, then, yeah. it's much more dynamic, as we're trying to understand that. But, but we're, we're as looking at this as you know, folks who care about this stuff. That's the season of time. It should be done. From the average 15, 17-year-old kids, they may not be thinking, boy, this is a great chance to prepare. They're thinking have fun. Yeah. They're thinking pleasure. Yeah. Well, And I think parents, they contribute to this lie just sometimes in the way they talk to their kids. I mean, you drop your kids off at an event or over at the friend's That's house. That's the question. What do you say to them? Did you have fun? Yeah, when they come back, did you have fun? <laughs> or they drop them off, have fun? I mean, I just think that the parents sometimes uh, may believe that if I can help my kid have a, a happy childhood, he's going to be a functional adult. Yeah. And it just doesn't translate. Well, in the number one, when you ask a parent, what's, what's, what do you want most of your kids? The number one answer is, I want my kid to be happy. Yeah. And, and that... You know, nothing wrong with that, but that's the end goal. It can't be, yeah, it can't be the goal. So here's the thing. Uh, sometimes parents want to have a happy family, and I say having a happy family can't be your goal. You, your goal is to be a missional family. You're accomplishing the mission that God has given you as a family. Happiness is a byproduct. If you make it the goal, then you're in trouble. That's what Jesus said yeah. when he was giving that parable of the seed. He says, and some fall on thorny grounds. Yeah. And these are, represent the people who are caught up by uh, the pleasures of this world. Yeah. Well, that's what we're talking about here, and misses this heart of discipleship. Did you ever study the, the work of Viktor Frankl? You know yeah. Frankl's work. You know he was a, a contemporary of Freud, I think, and Freud was all about pleasure seeking. The purpose is found in pleasure, and joy, and pleasure. And Frankl came back and kind of turned it on his head and said, you know, having purpose and yeah, having meaning, meaning yes, something that's yes. bigger than yourself. Yes. And I think if we just give our kids opportunities for pleasure, thinking that happiness will give them. 
a productive adult life, I we're see, missing out. I think this lie prevents our children from discipleship because discipleship is work. It's hard. It, yes, it is. It's a hard. It's a cost. There's a cost involved in giving yourself to Christ, and uh, children aren't prepared for that if they believe their goal in life is to have fun. But all of their adolescence, we need to help our children take on this more mission element. Question though, I mean, I think some parents get that. Okay, discipline. Let's let's move discipleship into discipline. We tell our kids you have to work sports. You know, hey, you got to work yeah. hard, train, train, train. We we drive our kids hard to be better in sports, and hey, the discipline is worth it when you win, why can't we as parents find a way to, to drive our kids to realize, hey, there's a cost, there's there's some suffering, there's some challenges, there's growth for the fruit in your life you want. I think it's maybe it's because it's intangible or because we don't want it bad enough or I don't know. I think it starts just even the way we interact with them in the house. If you, you're telling a kid, you know, you're calling a child's name or you're telling him to do something and he always says this wait a minute disease, you know, yeah. where he's always got a better idea. It's really hard then if we allow that to continue for a child then to learn how to trust God. I mean, when God says to you as a child or an adult, he says, I want you to do something. If you say, well, prove to me that I should do this. It's the beginning of a discussion. It's a conversation with God. We don't know how to trust the Lord. We don't know how to obey him. I I just think children need more uh, in this area of training. So when we think about um, challenges that young people face, many parents emphasize correction get rid of that, stop doing this, and so on. And don't emphasize the training element. Okay. Let's learn about how we're going to follow instructions or how we're going to be responsible. And I'm going to train you in this. Yeah. That takes a lot of work and energy on the part of parents. I just think it's a there's a process there yeah. that and parents it, can buy into and learn that there's uh, something they can do with their Well, and, and I, I know, Scott, you guys are producers of content and great resources to help with that. And so, again, we'll talk about that in a minute. What's another lie you think young people kind of are buying into today? I think that uh, young people today believe that appearance and behavior are the measure of their identity. And it's not just social media, although, you know, likes and friends are very important. People, how many people are following yeah. me on a, uh, or how many people saw that image that I put up there. That's really important to young people. But it's also, take something like grades. Uh, grades aren't bad, but if there are a lot of young people who are getting the grade but not performing up to their own standard or, or what they could do that would be best. Yeah. And so they're looking at behavior and um, and the appearance, whether it's clothing styles or whatever, as the measure of their identity. We have to get down to the heart. So that's why God says, uh, guard your heart for it's the wellspring of life. There's yeah. this idea that that the heart of a person where they process life and they deal with emotions and their desires and they rein in um, their challenges, that is more important. And that's so if we can help our young people overcome that lie, it opens the door for discipleship, I think. Agreed. Uh, you're, you're preaching the choir. My experience is a lot of parents I work with and try to coach and try to guide, they don't believe what you just said. They, they don't buy into that. They are focused on performance and grades and sometimes even appearance, unfortunate as that might be. They're, they're almost like building the scorecard into their kids because they're cracking the whip and driving to have be above average, succeed this, getting to this college, whatever. And those are the markers of success in the parents' eyes. And so the kids don't stand a chance. Well, what is the marker of success? I See, I think that if we look at success in terms of outcomes, yes. then that's a long way off for any Because some kids are average. Some kids, as far yeah. as success or grades, they're, they're not going to be the top of the game. I also don't think we can look at success in terms of income. I mean, No, I think of course not. We have to look at success in terms of, am I a, a Christian? Have I asked Christ into my life? And is my heart changing? Am I growing? Am I developing patience? That means that right now, mm-hmm. I can be successful right now at 16 years old. 
with an annoying brother, growing in my patience. Yeah. And that is a measure of success. And parents have got to affirm that and recognize yeah, that. Just, that is incredibly important. Yeah. Your character. Your I say to young people virtues. this. I say, do you know that most of the people that are, that are your friends right now are going to be maimed for the rest of their life because of decisions they make between 10 and 25? Mm-hmm. They're going to be addicted to alcohol or op- opioids. They're going to be damaged their body through vaping. Mm-hmm. They're going to get involved in premarital sex and, and mess up their marriage. They're going to have children before they're married. They're going to, they're just going to be so complicated. The bonehead decisions they're making now will yes. stand in their lives. And so that's why Jesus said there's a broad road yeah. that leads to destruction and many are on it. There's yeah. a narrow road that leads to life and only few yeah. find it. Well, are you going to be a part of the few? They can get through adolescence without uh, getting one of these landmines blown yeah, up. So sure. very important that our, our young people understand well, more about this. How can a parent listening to this help move, change a scorecard or, or focus on the right thing as opposed to the wrong thing? If, if my kids are going to believe, because the, they're peers and the environment they're in, that their performance, that their success is based upon how they do, how they look, how, how do I move the, the, the scorecard? How the do, question what, what can I do daily? a really important question. So... Um, you know, in our ministry, as we work one-on-one with parents, we identify seven heart tools that God uses to bring about change in his people. In other words, he's changing the heart. So we embrace those seven, same seven ideas mm-hmm. as we help parents develop individualized solutions for each child. So I don't know. It's not like baking cookies. You can't yeah, put there's not a prescription. There's no, yeah. and out pops a yes, uh, yeah. nice angel of a kid. Yeah. I think we use the tools, just like God used tools, to bring about change. Tools like relationship, just yeah. strengthening relationship. The other tool of firmness. We're going to live this way. We're going to cut down on social media if we need to. Those tools that we use are often targeted toward toward the heart in ways that bring about real change in lots of people. And you talk a lot about the heart of your child and reaching the heart of your child. That's that's kind of the foundation of what you do and what we do. We love that because you can do all the right things, but if you don't have a heart relationship with your kid where you're yeah. growing together and seeing that. Uh, any more lies that the kids today are believing, you think, that are... Yeah, here's another lie that kids believe. Yeah. They believe that disrespect, defiance, and disobedience are normal. Young it's, people It's believe, expected of me. Yes. Yes. And so they feel very entitled <laughs> to go ahead and create tension and conflict, whereas I would suggest that the truth that we need to understand is that adolescence is a time for training, especially in the area of differences. Yes, adolescence is that time when you as a young person are going to experience differences with your parents, with your peers, with your siblings, with authority, your teacher, your coach. Differences are gonna exist. What do you do with those differences? Mm. I think they're an opportunity to develop three life skills. One, emotional management. Two is cooperative problem solving. And three, is let's see. Check your notes. Come on, yeah, Scott. You, I don't you, have you, notes. In you're front you're an encyclopedia. Out of my, uh, you are. I know you're, here. emotional management. Yeah. This is oh, and creative communication. All right. So, so, so those three things. Yeah. Communicating and problem solving and emotional management are the skills that if a young person will develop them now, just think how valuable those things will be in a marriage someday. Yeah. Or in work when they're working with an annoying person. But either a kid thinks at fourteen or sixteen or eighteen even uh, that well. When I become an adult, when I get married, those skills will immediately be dropped yeah. into my heart and my brain, and yes. I'll be able to execute. But right now, I'm a teenager. I'm not expected to do any of those things. I can be callous in my emotions. I can be harsh in my words. I can, because I'm allowed to, is what our maybe generations allow them to do and be. Yeah, I just think as parents, we got to work more on the hearts of our kids, um, and it means we have to change the way we parent. We have to make some adjustments because when parents change, kids have to change. So we're going to target some things in our children's hearts, move in that direction and see some 
more godliness. Yeah. Right? We can call it godliness a responsibility or maturity. I yeah. mean, whatever we want to call it, we're moving in a direction that's not going to be content to allow kids to go in the directions that they are now. Probably the best place for a parent to start maybe is just to say, God, where's my kid? Where, where, they, where they need to grow, where they need to be shaped. And say, God, would you give me some direction to reach their heart and take some deliberate steps to start moving them closer to your image and what you would have them to be? And maybe evaluate me as a parent. God, where am I focusing on all the wrong things and getting all the wrong outcomes? Well, let me just say what you said in just a little more practical nature. Please. Okay, so I say, what what in, is making you feel uncomfortable about your child's tendencies? Tendencies take us into the heart. Mm. Okay, and I say, well, he has anger episodes. Or, uh, he doesn't follow up when I give him a task to do. I say, okay, well, that tendency is point A. Let's identify the point B quality that, if developed, would reduce that. So we're going to develop cooperation, mm. or we're going to develop self-control, or we're going to develop responsiveness to authority. Now we have a target of where we're going. It's much more positive parenting than just focusing on what we're going to get rid of. Yeah. And then we're moving in a direction. We've got a heart quality we're addressing, and we're going yeah. to use training in order to get there. So yeah. it's a whole, I think, a rethinking of where we're going in the hearts of our kids. That's excellent. Uh, when we do, uh, always on the Imperfect and Normal Families Only podcast, we always kind of have a resource we like to recommend that's kind of uh, connected to what we talk about. Scott, I know you guys have got just a treasure trove of tools at your website. Remember the website to go to to find your stuff. Biblicalparenting.org. Okay. And there they can get access to the Biblical Parenting Coaching Program if they want one-on-one coaching to work with their family. We've got books like Parenting is Heart Work that are a great One of my favorites. For parents great tool. To, Love that. To get an understanding of how to work with their child on a deeper level. But someone's hearing what you're saying right now and thinking, boy, I would love to, to pick that guy's brain about my situation. You guys have a way to do that and get online and be able to get on Skype or whatever Definitely. and have a conversation. You know, I will meet on the phone with anybody to talk about their situation and advance them with resources from our ministry. Yeah. So they can uh, go to our website, fill out the contact form. I'll give them a call. Scott, I've got memories of, of meeting you at a conference probably a decade ago. And my third, okay, excuse me, one of my children who I will not name, <laughs> uh, we were struggling with some issues and we sat down with you for 15 minutes in a lobby somewhere and you got a piece of paper out and you kind of drew kind of graphically some of what you're describing and coaching us a little bit. And it was very, very helpful. I'm proud to say that that child that I will not name is a productive married adult right now oh, and is great. walking with God and being used I for kingdom work. I what happened it, to that kid. That kid turned out, I, I, Scott, <laughs> I owe it all to advice that you gave me a decade That's ago. So, so uh, thank you for that and thank you for giving me insight. You are truly, you, you know a lot more than most of us know. You, you're into the studies of this, you're into to research, you're into giving direction and guidance. God's used your ministry so effectively in our lives and the lives of many people. Thank you for talking to me a little bit here. Appreciate it so much. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Thanks right, a lot. Well, there you have it. Great conversation with Dr. Scott Taransky, and I hope it was helpful, encouraging to you as you parent your teenagers, and maybe, again, you'll identify something you need to tweak or adjust or a conversation you need to have with a teenager of yours about how they're thinking and how they're believing and become more intentional in pushing them in the right direction. And, and by the way, our favorite tip for talking with teenagers about stuff is do it in the car as you're driving and you have shoulder-to-shoulder, side-by-side talks as opposed to face-to-face that makes our kids uncomfortable. So maybe the next drive somewhere, you're dropping a kid off somewhere, you can say, I heard something on the, a podcast the other day, what do you think of this? And just see what happens. We always like to offer a resource at the end of our podcast, and we keep on promoting this, but we'll do it today again. Our feature resource today, of course, is our Info for Families app. It's the app for imperfect and normal families only. If you go on iPhone, uh, iStore, uh, App Store, or if you go to your Android store, uh, you can f- just search for Imperfect and Normal Families Only, 
and our app will come up. It's got all of our content, some great family devotions, even a great series of devotions that families can work through together about how to keep our faith strong during the middle of uncertain times like this pandemic. And so those resources are all available and uh, get that for yourself and start downloading and streaming some of the content we've got on there. Want to make it useful for families all across our nation. It's certainly available to you. Well, thanks for joining us today. We always appreciate when you tune in and uh, look for another great interview in the coming weeks. So keep on offering you the Imperfect Normal Families Only podcast. Have a terrific day and know that we love you. Bye.